the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Buckle up and start your engines. This is You Auto Know with Dave Stahl. With 30-plus years of automotive experience, Dave is here to educate you on everything from repairing your vehicle to the latest industry news and trends. If it's automotive, Dave covers it. It's time for You Auto Know with Dave Stahl on The Answer San Diego. Hi, folks. Welcome to You Auto Know FM 961-1170. The Answer. Sorry, I was dancing. I know, you were dancing. You're always dancing. Hey, this segment is brought to you by Southwest Point of Sale. If you've got a business with a cash register and you're having a hard time hiring people or maybe you just want to move into the 21st century like all the big box stores, Southwest Point of Sale has been doing this for over 20 years. They'll come out to your location, take a look at your facility, and if their program fits your program, then boom, you're going to have a great, great program. Seven-day, 24-hour-day service. And they really will. They'll bring the equipment in and it'll, anything and everything you need. They're very, very, very customer-oriented. They've been doing it for over 20 years. They're part of National Cash Register. I highly, highly recommend them. 800-540-2149. Give them a call. Try them out. All right. Also, Hot Rods and Custom Stuff. You got. I got to take you up there someday. You'll love Hot Rods and Custom Stuff. Nothing but it's like watching some of the shows on reality TV with all these Hot Rod shops. <laughs> But this is the real deal. Randy and his wife have been doing this since the 60s. Just awesome. HotRodsCustomStuff.com if you want to buy, build, or just look at parts. 760-745-1170. All right, I was with Toyota Tundra uh, in Monterey last Tuesday, Wednesday. And I met Vic Patera. He's the interior designer for the new Toyota Tundra. And we had an awesome interview. Take a listen. All right, folks. Hey, I am in Monterey, California, and we are looking at the new Toyota Tundra, the Capstone Edition, which is kind of unique. And I'm in the vehicle right now, even though you can't see it. And I am with, uh, your name, sir? Vic Batia from R&D in Michigan. Okay, so we were you and I were talking a little bit, and this is what prompted the conversation, about the interior of this vehicle. For the listeners out there, how do you start out? I mean, what are you looking for when you're looking for the right seat for the world? It's oh, a great question. The biggest thing is packaging. And the first thing we need to understand is the packaging space that we have. And we're trying to accommodate different types of people with different statures. We got a we got a package for an AM95, an AF05. We got to consider that what's comfortable, and then we also got to look at the safety side, which is important too how the airbags are going to fire, so forth, where the position of the seat needs to be, all of those things that we need to look at. And then finally, as we we gather all that data, we understand what we need to actually, uh, how, how we design our foam and everything else, and then the frame underneath it too. 
So let me ask you this. So when you guys all sit, I'm, I'm just assuming, you can yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, everybody's sitting in a room and says, all right, we're going to build this Tundra. Who gets first crack? I mean, is it chassis, interior? I mean, do you say, okay, here's how much space we're going to have interior. You fill that void, and then you move on. That's correct. It's the platform. It's normally the body first. Gotcha. They normally work first, and then we have to work within that. And then from there, a lot of times they always say it's difficult to change things on the body side. It's not impossible, but that's the starting point. Right. It's always the platform. Well, I was like I said, I've told you I was a service manager, and I always used to joke that you guys would hang a part by a wire and then build a vehicle around it so I couldn't take the part off. But going back to the seats, uh, because there's a billion different variations of seating, you know. Correct. That's right. We have uh, the biggest thing is for for the Tundra in this particular case, um, on the lower grades, we have a four-way manual. And then as you move up, we get eight-way power. And then what you're sitting in right now in the capstone on the driver's side is a 10-way power. That has a CLA, which is a cushion length adjuster. So we have to consider all those different things. And then we also, as I mentioned earlier, need to balance those things with our foam pad. And then obviously with the different trim cover that we have, the capstone you have here is our highest level leather. And then as you move down, you get into different stages of leather and then also polyurethane. So we got to balance all of those things to make sure that if you sit in a higher grade or a lower grade, you actually feel the same comfort and performance and i think that is the challenge really if you really come right down to it because the materials themselves because you know i i know you're thinking of longevity i mean you hopefully someone's going to keep this toyota for 10 15 20 years and getting in and out and in and out and in and out and in and out you know what is it going to wear what's it going to look like in 10 years how do you accomplish something like that we go through v- vigorous testing. We actually have uh, requirements for ingress, egress, where we look at, um, I'm not sure, it's the life of the vehicle, where we do actual ingress, egress out of the vehicle to look at wear of the leather, mm-hmm. wear of the shields, the plastic around it, and so forth. So the, the, all that testing is important. And then finally, if we find areas of concern, we obviously countermeasure them. But the goal is to make sure that it looks the same from day one all the way to the end. And that end could be five years for some, ten years for some. It doesn't matter. Well, you know, back in the day, you know how they used to have the welting on the outside of your seats? Well, after getting in and out, in and out, in and out, that welting would would deteriorate. So now you don't see that on seats anymore. That was a big concern. You would have areas where they would wear, and then obviously you'd have warranty. So, yes, that's kind of changed, and we saw that with this testing, those areas of concern would actually be that welting. Right. You know, sewing is an important part of this, too. And then, you know, obviously the overall styling plays a big, big role in what we're trying to actually balance for that testing. Right. Well, and I think you you hit it on the head, too. Safety is so important, whether it be side impact, frontal, doesn't make any difference. Yes, you've got the seat belts and, you know, yes, you've got the shoulder belts. You've got all that. But you've got to figure out how to keep that person in the seat, in an impact, and still be comfortable. That is absolutely correct. To give you an example, our rear seats, both the cushion and the back are resin. And when you actually fold down the structure, we have requirements where if a customer has an abuse situation where they're dropping a toolbox or something else on top of the seat, we need to make sure that the seat actually doesn't doesn't crack, doesn't break, because the customer can't see it. They can't see the frame. And if it goes through some kind of safety 
you know, a rear impact or a front impact, we need to make sure that that seat frame is performing well for the customer. So there are stringent tests that we have to run to be able to protect our occupants. And you know the consumer doesn't even know that they don't. It doesn't even doesn't even phase them because all they're looking for is the truck. And then if something was to happen, then everybody because you know being an old service manager, then they all get crazy and get alert. That's correct. That's correct. For instance, underneath our cushion here, and this is the hybrid variation we have here, there is a cover, and that cover actually protects the hybrid battery. And we had to run all kinds of tests on that to make sure that if someone stands on it. If someone actually drops water on it, it actually is not intruding into the hybrid battery. So, again, very vigorous testing. Well, and and like this capstone, I mean, it's not designed for off-road, but you know what? You can't put in the owner's manual, Mr. Customer, don't take this truck off-road. So you've got that aspect of it, getting in the mud, the grit, the grime, everything that it could. And trust me, nobody will screw up a vehicle better than the customer. Because I don't know, I don't care how much testing you do, nobody screws it up better. Am I right? That is absolutely correct. And we try to learn as much as sure. we did on the, on past vehicles. We see what the customer usage is. We try to improve on that. And hopefully we gather all that information that goes into our design. Yeah. And, you know, that we're still learning. We'll see other areas that, we'll, you know, that we might need to improve uh, for the next generation or so forth. Right. Well, and the dealer has a lot to do with it. That's a very strong partner to you because you just can't look at every single thing. So if you don't have a good relationship with your dealer, then you're not going to get input that will benefit that customer later down the road. That is absolutely correct. We have groups that interface directly with the dealers and provide us feedback, and that feedback comes directly to us, and we look at different things, and we look at things that are maybe we didn't consider before because there's a lot of different customers, and they have a lot of different ways of using the seats or the interior, and we need to understand that. Well, and there's that thin, fine line. I mean, I may want this truck, but I want a bench seat. Well, there are not many people are asking for a bench seat, so it's not financially feasible to put a bench seat in here because a bench seat is another animal all in itself from safety, comfort, uh, belts, because uh, if you put a third person in the center, now you've got a whole new impact issue. So I think people need to understand what it takes to build a truck. I mean, if they think it's easy, come see Vic. <laughs> that is correct. A good way to put it. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. All right. Well, let me see. What do we got here on time-wise? Uh, yeah, we did pretty good. So any final words about this truck that you'd like people to take a look at if they were to come see it once it hits the dealers? Well, the thing I can say is, is um, as mentioned before, this truck was designed and built in the U.S. Yeah. Um, to be able to, to work on it myself on the seat side, very proud. Yeah. And um, we spent a lot of time learning about what the customer usage is and we put it into this truck we looked at storage we looked at many different things for the seats we looked at the customer wanting ventilation or heat in the rear seat we spent a lot of time getting the customer voice and i can say i'm proud to be able to work on this vehicle well wouldn't you say this is like one of your kids you know you, you birth it you know you grow it up and you send it off to college or you send it off to the world and your heart kind of pitter-pats because now it's out there in the general public. But guess what? There's another one right around the corner you're working on. That's absolutely correct. When someone says something negative about your kid, uh. you take it to heart. When someone says something negative about the seats, we take it to heart. So, yes, great example of that. <laughs> 
Vic, thank you very, very much for taking time out of your day. I love this truck. I think you guys have done a phenomenal job. And uh, maybe I'll see you on the next uh, iteration of the Tundra uh, or the Sequoia, and we'll have more to talk about. Thank you very much. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to the You Ought to Know Show right here on FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. This brought to you by San Diego, our Express Auto Service. Express Auto Service takes really good care of all my cars, and they can take care of yours as well. Family owned and operated by Dave and Connie. Go to expressautoservicelamesa.com. All right, we got Kristen Barclay. In fact, we are going to have a great show today because we got Kristen on not once but twice and by the way Kristen uh Brittany Sandoval is in the house with us so she may chime in because she's a real car enthusiast she has a how old is your Mustang 22 years old and it just got a new convertible top so she's all top, excited new wax new clutch oh you got it waxed I waxed it my dad and I waxed it last week sweet so Kristen uh what'd you think of the Supra Oh, the Supra. You know what? The Supra is uh, it, it's an undercover BMW. Toyota probably doesn't like it when we say that, I but uh, I think that's a huge compliment. Um, I do notice that, the, you know, the, the design uh, is awesome, but I do notice that I like it from the back looking down the side better, the way those lines look when you stand behind the car and kind of look at it from that back angle. Mm-hmm. Um, super sweet car, but uh, rear-wheel rear drive sports car seats, too. Um, you know, I fit in it okay. Marlon fits in it okay. I don't know how Brian fits in it. It's got to be d- tight for him. <laughs> he, he actually doesn't. I don't. Okay, see, I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he can get in it. Uh, and I'm I'm with you. Uh, my wife has an '82 Supra with the six cylinder. And for folks out there wondering, well, why is there a BMW engine in it? It's because. If you're a business, it doesn't make sense to reinvent the wheel and build. Because if you build an engine from scratch, that's very and that car would be so expensive you could never get near it. So they just partnered with BMW, who has a nice little six cylinder that goes in the Z4 and a couple other cars, and they just made it. It. Uh, I had it both on the street and the track. It's very doable. Uh, it's got a lot of great styling. And the GR is even better than the first uh, uh, gen. Well, yes, you know, I'm jealous because I had the two-liter four-cylinder, which, you know, it's it's nothing to sneeze uh, at. 255 horsepower, um, you know, still fun to drive. But I understand in talking to some people um, that the uh, the six-cylinder is the way to go if you're purchasing. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody says that, that the performance and the way it drives is just way more fun. Smiles for miles, I think, is how a friend of mine put it. Uh, so well, you yeah, need to request you need to you need to request the six so you can do another review on it and compare the two. True. Although I will tell you what, I think Marlon was uh, was cursing me in this car. He was like, "Okay, <laughs> you you drive it, and like you know, uh, I'll be here when you get home." Because getting in and out of it is quite a feat. You know, um, I don't care how old you are, but if you're, you know, I mean, again, I'm not tall. I'm like five five, five six. Marlon's about the same. But, uh, you know, I feel like they should play that, that soundtrack, getting low, getting low, getting low, every time you get into the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And um, if you've got any kind of height to you at all, you're almost claustrophobic just because of the headroom and everything. Um, 
you know, you put that aside, start driving it. I don't understand why it doesn't have a uh, a manual. I mean, this car feels like it's begging for a manual transmission. Um, and you know, and my they dog agrees. And they could have done that. They could have put a manual in it because BMW has a manual. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they could have done it very easily. But the thing is, you know, my understanding is that they're they're selling about as many of these as they want to sell. You know, they're selling like what they expected when they when you manufactured it. I mean, the fact that you can get into a vehicle like this, it's rear-wheel drive sports car, and it is a sports car. It seats two. It doesn't have a lot of extra room to give. Um, but for under 50000 mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good buy. Um, you know, I, this had the 12-speaker JBL um, uh, audio system in it. I think, I want to say, if you don't upgrade to that, it's an 8. For the size of the car, it doesn't matter either way. The JBL is tuned phenomenally well and then it's got the the wireless apple carplay but the interior even feels bmw-esque um you know and and i feel like you get i know again i I think it's reasonably priced i guess is what i'm trying to say for uh for the drivability the design the performance i think you get a lot for your money oh without a shadow of a doubt and it gives you that really expensive sports car feel for a lot less money yeah, let me ask you this. If you were in the six-cylinder and you said you were on the track, too, how easy was it to get a little sideways with it? Oh, it was very easy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's why you keep everything turned on, like traction yeah. control and all that. And you, you, you probably would wonder what would be the balance factor, and it's really quite well. I mean, it balanced, you know, because I was a little afraid it might be a little on the nose heavy. But but it handled. I mean, it was very well balanced. It it did. A, I thought it did a, a, a an exceptional job. Uh, like I said, if the only real complaint everybody really had, but they all threw it back to the same factor. Why build an, a six when you can go to BMW and get the same engine that's been well proven? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, shares the same platform and everything. I mean, you know, again, to be able to get it for the price tag that you get it, you've got that Toyota reliability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I read somewhere, but it wasn't on my Monroeian, so I never like to say without verifying it. But if you were out on the track with it, you probably know. I think it comes with a, a driving school perk as well, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay, so that's pretty cool as well. I mean, anytime you can buy a car for under fifty thousand and you get that driving school perk. Um, you know, that, that may be one of the first things I have my kids do. Yes. Um, and Brittany may have some input on that. But, like, once my kids get their driver's license, one of the first things I may do is have them get some track time um, because I just think it, it – not because I want them to be able to go fast, but I think it prepares them mm-hmm. for all of the unknown situations you get on when you're on the road these days. Well, I totally, totally agree. In fact, it's funny. I, I, I get on a rant every once in a while, and I try to tell – you know. I don't care if it's Texas, California, Oregon, or Washington. And when you get a first-time driver coming out of the family, they need to get a one- or two-day driving school paid for by the state to actually – and I'm not talking competition. I'm not talking about, you know, being a race car driver, but I'm talking, you know, like uh, Ford Skills for Life, somebody that teaches you defensive driving. What's it like to get into a puddle? What's it like to get oversteer, understeer? And literally make it a two to even maybe even a three day course, then you can get your driver's license because these kids they don't learn anything, even if they go to Sears and take the driving school. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's you know it's all about reaction time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, because I think you know an inexperienced driver, the first thing that happens when somebody kind of comes over in their lane or a squirrel darts out, um, they're very impulsive when they react. Right. 
Um, you know, uh, we saw a guy uh, this week, actually, a lane was unexpectedly closed, but you couldn't tell. You're at an intersection, and you would turn left across the traffic, and the guy starts to turn left, and all of a sudden sees the barrier. There were no warnings. There was nothing like telling you. And he darts back to the right. Well, I'm behind him. And, you know, I just, I'm an experienced driver. I kind of knew how to react. I wasn't going super fast to begin with. But imagine somebody unexperienced. All of a sudden, you've got a car that had left the lane and now it's right back in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're uh, an inexperienced driver. The first thing they're going to do is overcorrect. And when you're in a car, a small one like a Toyota Supra, um, and, and you've got a heavy foot, you may end up getting that car sideways and, and spinning out of control, which is the last thing you need. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, a couple other people that, you know, when I had the car, they asked me about blind spots because, you know, the back at the C pillar, it looks like that could be. I didn't have it. Did you have any problem? I didn't have any problem with blind spots. A little bit of rear visibility. Um, so, you know, I, I found that I'd just be a little bit more cautious when I'm kind of mm. looking back, when I'm pulling out, you know, maybe like when you're entering the highway or whatever. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel like it was anything major, but you know, it was just enough where you kind of, and just cause of where you sit and everything, but you know, and, and I'll talk about that in my next review of the Honda Civic. I was just recently in an Acura and you know what, no matter what I did with the seat, I couldn't, I was having visibility issues over the, uh, front of the vehicle, over the hood. Uh, but you know, speaking of different vehicles, I'm, I'm in a Genesis right now and I have to, and I, and I don't care what Hyundai I'm in. Turn the right signal on. The camera shows up on the instrument cluster down the hole. You know, Isn't that the best? How many wheels does that save? Because I used to be the worst at, like, clipping curves sometimes because <laughs> you couldn't tell, you know, especially because you're in a different vehicle that you're not familiar with. I love that technology. Just so, you, just so you'll know, I have a guy speed dial on my phone for curbing <laughs> wheels. And this guy <laughs> is good. Oh yeah, makes me feel better to know I'm not the only one. Oh my goodness! I mean, I and I thought I thought I was the only one. I'm thinking, geez, Louise, I've been driving my whole life. Why am I curbing wheels? And uh, a lot of times, I just think it's because you're in a vehicle that you're not super familiar with, yeah. or you know. And it, see, and you I don't, don't think, and you don't think to have a have it fixed before you send it back to the de- the manufacturer, right? No, no, I mean. I've never, no, but you know, do you know how many times I get a vehicle where I can see where someone's already curbed it? Well, and I got to um, tell you, and it's smart, bring it to the driver's attention. I had one the other day, and I get in the habit of walking walking around, and sure enough, the two left side wheels had a, had a scuff, and I go, hey, 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 come here, come here, come here, write it down, write it down. He goes, oh, I didn't even see that. Well, i seen it. But <laughs> and I don't want to get dinged for it. And and I got I don't know how'd you I, I see and I want to get the four cylinder. I, I now that you brought it up, I just made a note on my paperwork because I haven't been in the four cylinder. What kind of fuel mileage did you get with that? Pretty good, and I didn't drive it super far. You know, it's it's rated between uh, twenty five and thirty two, yeah. and I got around twenty eight. Yeah, I got kind of right in that same area as well. But you know, it's a car. Do, do you need this car? Probably not. Do you want this car? Yeah, because it'd be a fun car to, you know, weekends. Maybe even maybe even commute if you know if you don't have to go long distance. But here's the thing, Dave, and I think we need to remind people every time we get in a fun car like this, buy it now. Buy it yeah. when you're in your 30s and you right. can afford it because you will drive it more, you will enjoy it more than you will when you get a little bit older and you're having to fold yourself into it. 
Um, you know, because then that becomes a focus. Because the guy that picked it up, my, my fleet driver, he's a super young guy, but he's very tall. Ah. And, I mean, it took him a couple minutes to get into it just because he's kind of having to fold himself in. Yeah. And, like push and I, I felt bad. I told him, I said, you know, if I'd known you were the driver picking it up, I would have moved the seat all the way back, <laughs> um, you know, so that he wasn't going through the Olympics that he was doing. But, uh, but Insta- yeah, Instead of all the now. way forward. <laughs> You know, I had it, yes, I had it almost all the way forward. And then, they, you know, if I always pull the – I'm probably the only uh, press journalist that pulls the steering wheel out, too. Do you ever do that? No, do I do it. steering do wheel it. towards you? Do it all the time. Okay, I love, I love yeah. all those adjustments. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a break, and we're going to come back. Now, are we talking the SI, or are we just talking the Civic? We're talking Civic uh, hatchback. All right, I look forward cool. to it. Okay, we'll be back in a moment, folks. This is You Ought to Know, FM 96.1. AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You are listening to You Ought to Know, FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. This segment is brought to you by Convoy Auto, or actually it's brought to you by uh, John's Automotive Care. John's got two locations. Uh, All you got to do is go to John's. Auto or John's San Diego Auto Repair.com for two locations. One's an import, one's domestic. John's a Napa Auto Care ASC certified shop. You cannot beat his work. All his work is guaranteed clear across the United States. That's what's good about Napa and AAA. All right, we got Christian Barclay on the line. Brian decided to take the day off, and we're going to talk about the 2022 Honda Civic, which has got a history like no other. I mean, that car. The Civic has been Honda's bread and butter for long as I can remember. Yeah, it's one of the uh, the best selling small cars in the U.S. for a reason. They just um, they know what that consumer wants. But you know, it's got to be a small car in name only because the Civic has grown up. Boy, uh, first like, and this is the hatchback that I had. My first thought when looking at it was. I thought I was getting a hatchback because at first, you know, they parked at my driveway. I was just looking at it from the front on. And I was having a hard time seeing that it was a hatchback. I was like, wait, um, it's grown up, though, a lot. Like, it has matured. It's gotten longer. Um, I think they added uh, – the, the, they extended the wheelbase, so now it's the longest in its class. Um, and by doing that, they added about 1.4 inches in the back seat of legroom, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, that's great. But, again, it's it's in that small car classification – so I don't think that was anything that uh, that had to be fixed, so to speak, you know? Yeah, I. I it's funny you say that. I kind of thought the same thing. I go, why did you do this? Because the Accord, you know, I would think would be more into that, that arena. But for whatever reason, they thought they had to get the uh, Civic real close to the Accord. Because that's the way I looked at it. I mean, who's complaining when uh, yeah. this was the Touring, which is at the top of the line, because there's, you know, there's four terms. There's the LX, the Sport, the EXL, and then the Sport Touring. 30810 for the top of the line Civic. When, when you know, you're going to give me some extra uh, legroom, you're going to make it a little bit wider, you're going to mm-hmm. improve the uh, the drivability, I'm going to have a 9-inch infotainment uh, screen. I'm not complaining at all. Right. Um, plus six-speed manual, and this is a, a good manual. This is a... Uh, I was thinking about this during the commercial break. I was like, I think I could make Civic branded T-shirts and put uh, solid shift, you know, and and and, and people would go, oh, that's cool, because it just there's something about the weight of the way it shifts that's very gratifying. Where you like, 
you kind of, you know, you look, a lot of times you drive manual and because you and I don't do it that often, you go, oh man, okay, I got to kind of get back into the habit of this, you know, gosh, I hate, I got to go from third to first again, you know, then you drive some like this one and you're like, oh yeah, great. Okay. Down to third, back to fourth. All right. Now you know what I mean? Like it's kind of, you get into it. You're like, yeah. Well, I love stick shift cars. I mean, I'm older than dirt. And if you ask me what's your choice, I would take a stick over an automatic all day long. And I have people and friends, I'm tired of shifting. I need an automatic. Well, then what are you driving for? Take an Uber. <laughs> because driving's supposed to be fun, right? Don't you have fun when you drive? I, yes. And, and and the more engaging, the better. And whether that's yeah. you know, in the steering, uh, the handling, the uh, or being able to actually, like, control. Yeah, it just feels like con- you've got more control or something. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just it's really well executed in the Civic hatchback. It's mm. got a 1.5 liter turbo, 180 horsepower, um, great visibility. I'm able to see right, left. I can see behind me. You know, my, my only thing, and this, this kind of reminds me of the Toyota as well, is they seem to be a little bit behind in their screen quality when it comes mm-hmm. to the rear view camera. It's mm-hmm. kind of grainy. Yeah, um, especially at night. Try it at night. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I don't know why, um, because it seems like everybody's improved. It used to be GM was the worst. Yeah. And, I, you know, I hate to pick on manufacturers, but being in a different vehicle every week, you get to the point where you're like, okay, that one, I'm not sure why that one hasn't improved. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that was that was one of the only complaints I had. The interior in this new Civic is, I mean, it it just wow. They've really improved it. I love that honeycomb design in the uh, in the uh, tent. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It it just kind of feels more premium. Feels, I mean, especially for the price tag for a thirty thousand dollar price tag. Yeah, and and everything else about it too. Great, great sound system. Great uh, fuel economy. Uh, you you can go to the big box store. You can get whatever you need. Go to the grocery store, and and still haul two people in the back seat, no problem. Tons of space. We yeah. did a curbside pickup while we had it. Yeah, and I mean, plenty of room. And I did like a big grocery order. And so mm-hmm. uh, Marlon was actually saying, he's like, "Hey, do we need to unlock the car so that I can put stuff in the back seat?" I'm like, "No, it's it's got a lot of room. Yeah. Drives super well. I mean, this is the, this is the car that you know you can drive back and forth to the office, but you can also take it on that long road trip. Yeah. Um, and then value. I mean, you know, my dad had a, a Honda Accord, and I talk about it anytime I talk about Hondas. He drove it. It had three hundred twenty-five thousand yeah. miles on it. I mean, the paint job had given up, but the rest of the car was still rolling. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're just – anytime you can buy a, a $30,000 vehicle and, and drive it for uh, probably longer than you want to, you and, know? And it's, fu- um, it's funny. We don't talk about this very much when we do reviews, but we're getting to the point now where you got to check with your insurance company to see what the rates are. And Hondas are so affordable from an insurance point of view – that sometimes that should make the difference whether you buy the car or not. You know, that's a great point. That is not something that's like at the forefront of my mm-hmm. mind. I wonder I wonder how many shoppers think about that, but that's a really valid point. Well, they don't until they buy the car, and then they go <laughs> and get it insured, and they go, what? It costs how much to insure this car? Are you kidding me? Well, you know, you sort of, sort of should have, you know, looked at that. I, I do a military training. And I love it when kids come up, you know, 18 years old. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting a, a Demon or I'm thinking about getting a, a Camaro SS. I go, dude, go call your insurance company first. Well, why would I call them? Trust me. It'll be more than the car payment. Trust me. 
That's that's an excellent point. That is an excellent point. What, co- um, what color did you have? I'm just curious if we got that really cool gray. I wonder. I, I don't have ah. the right in front of me, so I don't know what they call it. But it's really cool. You know that kind of matte looking color. Yeah, I love that personally. I do too. I do too. Um, you know, it's. I don't know. Marlon is always. He kind of groans when we get a Honda because he just says, you know. They're vanilla. He's like, it's like the vanilla ice cream. And I said, you know, I feel like this model is a lot more less vanilla. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel like they've crossed over. And he's like, yeah, but he's like, it's still kind of vanilla. And I'm like, it's vanilla in a sugar cone with, like, sprinkles on it. Right. With a $30,000 price tag. And, I'm like, that makes it, like, good vanilla, you know? And what's wrong, really, I hate to say it, if you're a consumer that – you know, if you're if if you if you're just a consumer, and you just want a point A to point B car, there's absolutely nothing wrong with vanilla. Not only that, it's safety. I mean, for me, if you know, if I'm looking at a car that my child is going to drive or something that I'm driving, and I want to be safe. I mean, Honda is you know has a great reputation for safety, reliability. Um, and resale value. And so those are three things that are top of my mind anytime I'm looking at a, a purchase. And Honda checks the boxes for it. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. Not 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 every car has to be excited. And would you believe that he's sitting right next to me today and he's not contributing at all? Instead, of he's he's over here groaning and grunting because we have the playoff game on in the background. So he's a... Uh, hey, talk louder. Talk louder. Talk louder. Said his apple cart, right? Tell him to just turn his hearing aids up and he'll be fine. Oh, my goodness. Stop. <laughs> That's between you and me. <laughs> yeah. I will not tell him you said that. No, but, uh, I don't think so. But, but yeah, no, I, I do like the gray. And I don't think it's not a true matte either, um, which, you know, that's another thing to consider when we were talking about paint jobs and paint colors is, you know, when a, 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 those vehicles with the true matte, require um, additional maintenance and consideration when it comes to washing your vehicle. Did you know that? Because there's a lot of people that are not aware of that. Well, there's, yeah, you got to be real. In fact, if you look in the owner's manual, there's actually a process that you have to do to keep that, uh, keep that paint looking the way it's looking. That's why I was kind of surprised because, you know, the manufacturers came with that for a while, then they got away from it. And then now a few of them are coming back with it again. So yeah, it's not it's not like your normal paint job that you can just ignore. No, and not something that I even thought about until uh, until I was reading an article about it. Um, so I'm guessing you know the average consumer is not thinking about it either. They're, right. They look at it and they're like, oh, it's really cool, it's different. I'll get it, and then they find out the hard way. Right. Yeah. With, with, without the cat, without the shadow of a doubt. But again, you know when it. But again, you know it's Honda, and you know it, when you think Honda, you think reliability, 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 and that's really the key to that car. Anything else is just a bonus. Definitely. Plus resale value. If you yeah. haven't, I'm just going to say this. If you're in the market for a small car, whether Honda's on your list or not, mm-hmm. go check out the new Civic because you will be impressed with all of the changes they've made. Yeah. Period. Full stop. That's all I'm going to say. Like, go check it out. Yeah. Even if it's not on your list, I'm not telling you to buy one. I'm telling you to go look at yeah. it because I think that the, the changes are impressive enough um, that, you know, it might change your mind. I, I think I, I've sent people to Honda – and I think I've got an 8 out of 10 that end up buying the car. And I send them to other manufacturers that have even better warranties, and they still take the Honda. And a lot of people that I have to say, once you're a Honda owner, 
you're always a Honda owner. You very rarely move out of a Honda and go to something else. You're completely right. Matter of fact, my brother still owns one, which I think was his first vehicle, which is a Civic, by the way. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. It's it's sitting in my dad's driveway right now, and it still drives very well. It just doesn't have the technology. No. So I get worried about my dad driving it, being older, and not having the rearview camera, like the blind spot alert and things. He'll turn all that stuff off anyway. <laughs> not if he doesn't know how. <laughs> well, now, now, there's, now there's that, too. Because boy, I tell you that I was talking to Toyota the other day. I go, dude, you know, I used to back in the seventies and eighties. I had a car clinic at my Toyota dealership that I worked at. You know, and it was just minor how to change a flat, where the fuses. I go today. You almost have to have a clinic to be able to keep these people up to snuff on all the technology. Otherwise, you're not going to use it. They're going to spend all this money, and all they're going to use is the radio, the heater, and the turn signals. Well, look, I got to tell you something really cool. Do we have like uh, like 30 seconds? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I got nothing uh, right. after this. In fact, you know so what? what? A- let's do this. You, you, let, let's drive Marlon totally crazy. Let me take a break, and let's come back, and let's just talk about the industry in general. What do you think? Uh, perfect. I'm with you. All right. You're the best. We're going to be right back, folks. This is You Ought to Know, FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to listen to You Auto Know Show right here on FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. This segment is brought to you by Convoy Auto Service, AAA, Napa Auto Care, ASC certified, can't beat them. Go to convoyautorepair.com for all your automotive needs. And while you're there, check out Kearney Mesa, scratches, dings, and dents, chipped windshields, leash returns. That's right, they'll fix your car up so that when you turn it back in on your lease, you're not going to pay through the nose to have it refurbished. We've got Kristen Barclay on the line. She was hanging with us for a couple of segments. So, Kristen, I, I want to talk to you about that friend of yours because I just found out some information uh, the other day that I was not aware of, and that is, you know, that, that the friend of yours has the Mercedes uh, hybrid. So I was ta- right. talking to a, a gentleman, and he said he has one. Uh, just like your friend, and he charges it up, and he gets four miles. And I go, four miles? He goes, yeah. I said, well, how's it drive? He says, it drives fine. He says, I just can't use the hybrid side of it. So I'm thinking, because your friend said the car doesn't run at all. So I don't think it's a hybrid bad. I mean, the hybrid battery may be bad, because you probably won't be able to get a full charge either. I think where you're – there might be – you know, didn't you tell me that he had a module or something that might be defective as well on that car? So the service manager said that, uh, and, and actually, it's, it's, we'll just go ahead and, and say it's my husband's car. It's Marlon's <laughs> car. Um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of near and dear to us. Um, been, a, been a hot button issue uh, because the car is now parked in the, in the garage and unable to be used. 2011 with 48,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the service manager said that they wouldn't know if the power module was also the issue until they replaced the hybrid battery. Now, the hybrid battery, you know, you and I have kind of gone back and forth about this. The hybrid battery in this vehicle um, is 15, no, 20,000? $20,000. Yeah. How much is the module? And then the module is 15. So you're looking at $35,000 in repairs now. Right. So Blue Book, Blue Book the vehicle, right? Not just, you know, I, I don't know if people even know what a Blue Book is anymore, but if you look at to see what the what's the value of the vehicle? Let's say that, because it's pristine, mm-hmm. okay? 
uh, no accidents. Maintenance, you know, every time it's due, uh, service by the uh, by the dealership, et cetera. Um, it would sell for somewhere between twenty to twenty six thousand dollars. Probably twenty six because again, it's in excellent condition. So why would you spend thirty five thousand dollars on it? Right. Recently, um, another um, guy in the auto industry, and you're probably familiar with Ed Wallace because oh, he's yeah. a radio show here in DFW, very well known. Well, he's been aware of the issue and kind of been monitoring it. He sent Merlin an email where apparently this had happened in Britain to a lady's father, and she was kind of going through the – she said it's weird that there's a lot of information on this in forums where people have had the, the same experience, mm-hmm. but she said not anywhere else, so it's kind of hard to find. And the weird thing is when this lady's explaining what happened, guess guess how many miles the gentleman had on his car? Same. 48,000. Yeah. And what did he do to his I don't know what the outcome to that was. Do you know what the gentleman did, honey? With his, it's parked in his garage. Parked in his garage. Um, well, see, here's the thing. The only reason I bring it up is because the car is pristine. It's absolutely worthless sitting there. And if being the old service manager that I am, that car will rut. As you know, when the battery's charged up, it runs on the battery, right? And then when the battery right. depletes, it runs on the gas engine, right? Right. Correct? Right, except, okay, except for whatever reason. So, okay, so, for example, before we took it in, before we knew what was wrong with it, mm-hmm. we got the battery charged up enough to crank the car, right? right? Get the car started, get it up our 14-degree nightmare driveway that we've discussed. Right. Get it up there, and before the guy can hook it up, car shuts off. So that tells me uh, it's the module. Because you can drive that car without the hybrid battery. The hybrid battery is just there to get you those mileages up front. And the reason I'm saying the guy I was talking to about it was taking me from Napa, California to the San Francisco airport. And he had the same car you had. And he goes, oh, yeah. He said, I don't even bother charging it up anymore. He says, because the, ba- the hybrid battery is shot. He says, if I do decide to charge it up, I get four to eight miles range, and that's it. So I don't even fool with it. I said, but we're going down to free. He goes, yeah, I just run it off the gas engine. But how, yeah, I'm thinking, though, there's got to be a bypass. Where's the bypass? You're saying the bypass is through the module? That's what I'm thinking, uh, and I know because that's what car, Our car is not automatically swapping, if that makes sense. It's not Well, that, exactly. And what is happening, I think... If 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 the battery's bad, fine. But if the module that does the swapping from the gas engine to the to, so what I need you to do, I have a good friend of mine that has an independent Mercedes Benz shop here in San Diego, and he was asking me too many questions. I didn't know anything about it, so I need you to email me the VIN number, the mileage on that car, and let me look into it because if it turns out that the module would be the correction, at least to get it to you could drive it from point A to point B, then you could live with not having that hybrid battery. You know what I mean? You could still drive oh, yeah. it to the grocery store. You could go wherever you want to go with it. And somewhere down the road, if you wanted to trade it in, you really want to make the Mercedes-Benz person mad, just drive it in and trade it in and don't tell them about the battery. But that's another story. But send me all the information on the car because I'm really – it's driving me crazy because ever since you told me about it, it it's been racking my brain. And But I needed to get – I just never got around to giving you a call, but I need to get more information on the car. 
so that I can research it out. And if it turns out that it's just the module, even though the module's stupid expensive, you know, you might want to find an independent Mercedes dealer somewhere in and around where you live that might do it for uh, quite a bit less. I'm just saying. But, and no, by the- no, that's great. And, you know, we like to exhaust all possibilities. The, the thing is, we talked to two different dealerships just to kind of, you know, make sure that, like, everybody, you know, because some dealerships might have more experience with mm-hmm. a vehicle than the other one, right? So we talked to another dealership, and I'll tell you, this guy said flat out, yeah, I've seen this happen before. I've seen it happen on right. multiple times in that same car. But here's the um, thing with the dealer. They're only going to do what Mercedes dictates. And if it's to replace the module and the battery, that's what they're going to do. Not that they're trying to make any money at it, but let's just say you replace the module or the battery and it didn't fix the problem. Well, now their customer service index just goes in the tank. So what they're saying is, well, it could be one or the other. We don't know which one it is, so change them both. Well, no, that I mean that that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, it, it from a if you look at it from a logical point of view, because you've driven enough hybrids, you know, once the battery once that battery depletes itself after you've charged it up all night and you've got twenty three miles of range, it drives fine, right? Right. So I'm thinking it's a module, but I'll dig into it deeper for you because you've got to at least get it running. You know, because right now it's worth absolutely nothing. But at least if it's running, you'll have some trade-in value. No, no, you're absolutely right. Not on a Mercedes, though. Not on another Mercedes. Right. Well, so what I was going to tell you before the break is Marlin also has a 2004 SSR, Chevy SSR. Um, And, you know, those aren't that common, right? They're kind of collector's vehicles. Yeah. Right. He drives it, like, around the subdivision, just enough to keep the battery Right. Charge. So uh-huh. it has less than six thousand miles on it, I believe. Really? So earlier this, yeah. So earlier this week, he says, "Hey, I need to drive it around the the subdivision. The weather's nice. I'm going to start it up." I said, "Okay." So he's pulling it up the driveway, and I flag him over, and I said, "Hey, you need to stop. Your tires need air." So he stops, and I said, "Here, let me pull up. You know, we got the portable air compressor." Sure. So we go up, and I look at him, and I said, "What's your what's the PSI on these?" And he's like, "I don't know. It's on the door. You know, just checking whatever." And, and uh I said, you don't know? You know, because most of the times when you own a car that long, you know, kind of off the top of your head, right? Yeah. And he's like, no, I don't know. Look on the door. Well, you'll be amused by this. So I take the cap off. I put the, uh, you know, the hose on. I start putting air on it. It needs 30. And I said, you know what? All these tires look low. We need to check them all. They sure. were down to like 15, okay? Yeah. But while I'm standing there waiting and waiting and waiting, I'm looking at the cap in my hand, and I go, hey, that's kind of cool. The cap says 30 on it. I was like, I don't know why I didn't notice that, but that's kind of cool. It already tells you. Yeah. And then I look, and I said, hey, this cap has green, yellow, and red. So I walk over to the back tire that we uh-huh. haven't touched yet, and, and the cap is red. And I said, well, wait a minute. So as soon as the, the front tire is aired up to 30, and I put the cap back on, it goes full green. I'm like, that's neat. Yeah. Well, and, it, and, it bothers- and the other reason they do that is because that car, I don't think, has a spare tire. It does not, but you know what boggled my mind is Marlon's pro- Marlon's the original owner, so he's owned the car now. What would you say, eighteen years? Right, we're in twenty twenty two. Not once has he noticed that. Well, isn't he the car guy? I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, what color? What color is that car? It's that shiny banana school bus yellow. I knew it would be. Hey, tell him to get a battery tender for. He does. He has one. And put it on the car. 
That's what he. Yeah, that's what he uses, and it's it's a dual unit. So it listen also to has an air listen to, listen to him yelling at us. <laughs> I know he he carries it. I won't let him leave the house without it because too many times I know you know because it's not driven enough. We get up to the store or something, shut it off, and all of a sudden it needs a jump again. So that's a Barrett Jackson car. That that's probably worth thirty 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 five, maybe even forty thousand dollars. Believe it or not. We know when you come down here, you can make us an offer and. Uh, you know, I love that car. You can even, I love that. You car. can even hide out in Texas when your wife says no. <laughs> she doesn't care. She's she's getting <laughs> she's keeping another dog. If she's keeping another dog, I get another car. Hey, well, this has been fun. I send me that info. I will definitely get to the bottom of that Mercedes problem for you, kiddo. Sounds great. We'll talk to you next week. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. You're listening to you ought to know. Don't go anywhere. Racer Radio's coming up. It's gonna be an awesome show right here on FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.